Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012, and it's now the fourth day of March 2017, and I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from a Sully Baseball studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park the home of the San Francisco Giants. Well, this is the second installment of the teams that should have won the World Series. The team, And I don't have a title yet. I'm figuring out what the title is. Send me the ideas of the title of this series via Twitter, at Sully Baseball. For those of you new to this series, I'll just do a quick recap of what it is. Every Saturday for the next... Well, you know, for 31 Saturdays, I am going to figure out which year a franchise that, that, that a franchise did not have a world championship would have been the most beloved team in that team's history if they had won. That's the year to think, you know, even if they had won, even if they won one recently, if that team had won, it would be the greatest story, the greatest collection of stars, and the greatest sense of feeling good as a fan to see so many beloved players in such great circumstance walk off as champions. And I'm going to do an interesting one today. This is for the Atlanta Braves. And it's going to sound very strange the year I'm going to pick because how frustrating could it be if they won the World Series just two years later? But you know what? I'm going to talk about one year with the Atlanta Braves. Now, it really is a coin toss of which year I'm going to talk about. I could talk, the year I almost picked was 1986. And here's why. I almost said 86 because, well, because of a couple of circumstances. That was a year that the Atlanta had the Olympics. That was the year that was the final year that they were going to play in Fulton County Stadium. But also, if the Braves had won the World Series in 1996, it would have cemented a lot of things. They would have won back-to-back World Series titles. And any discussion of them being a disappointing team or a disappointing franchise would have ended with back-to-back World Series titles. And if they had won that World Series against the Yankees where they were up 2-1 to one with a 6 nothing lead in Game 4, it looked like it was a, a, a mere formality, especially with Smoltz and Maddox going in Games 5 and 6. It was a mere formality that they were going to win back-to-back. That the Red, they would have been put along, the Braves would have been alongside the Reds, like the, uh, the big red machine Reds that they had won a bunch, and then they finally won back-to-back titles. There would have been nothing to answer for anymore. <clears throat> and also that team, they had reacquired Terry Pendleton. Terry Pendleton was the MVP of 1991, should have gone to Barry Bonds, but he was kind of the emotional leader of the year that the Braves turned it around and went from for, went from last place in 1990 to extra innings in Game 7 of the World Series in 1991. 
stunning the Dodgers to win the division, stunning the Pirates to win the pennant, and playing just one of the great World Series in baseball history against the Minnesota Twins. And it was Terry Pendleton who was brought aboard as a free agent who was considered to be the person to turn it around, and he won the MVP and a batting title. Terry Pendleton was not on the team that won the World Series in 1995. He was playing for Florida that year. And the Braves reacquired him in 1996, kind of thinking, do you know what? This is wrong that we won a World Series without you, Terry. And there was a sense of coronation that he was going to, that they were going to get a ring, and he was also going to get a ring as well. Except it didn't happen that way, did it? The Yankees did indeed come back. And the Bobby Cox Braves never won another World Series, only making it to the World Series one more time with the help of a bases-loaded walk by Kenny Rogers in the, two th- uh, the 1999 sorry, National League Championship Series. And there's always been a sense of disappointment, fair or not, that the Atlanta Braves made 14 straight trips to the postseason and yet only won it once. And if they had won in 96, eh, you throw that out the window and no one, no, one would, no one would tilt their head at all at the back-to-back titles. So I almost picked 1996. Also because, you know, saying goodbye to the stadium and, you know, in saying goodbye to the, that legacy in Atlanta where Henry Aaron hit the home run, there would have been a sense of perfection. As I said before, the Atlanta Olympics were there when it all kind of comes together and Atlanta becomes the, the centerpiece of the sports world and the baseball world, it would have made sense. But I'm not going to pick that year because there's another year that if they had won the World Series that year, the narrative would have been perfect, the cast would have been perfect, and the legacy would have been perfect. And there's this other element to keep in mind. The momentum of the title would have been perfect. Let me explain to you what I mean and what year I'm talking about. 1993. Had the Braves won the World Series in 1993, that Braves team, with the narrative building up 91, 92 to 93, each year building up, and the cast on the team, the cast on the bench, the roster, and the thoughts behind baseball itself. Everything would have been perfect in 1993 had they won it that year. Now, one of the things I'm going to take into account, and again, it seems strange that I'm saying, oh, if only, if only they won the World Series. There was no World Series played in 1994 because of the strike. And they came back and won the World Series in 95. So what makes it so much different in 1993? I alluded to one thing, that Terry Pendleton was not there. That Terry Pendleton was not on that team. Granted, got it. But here's the first part. Here's the first element that would have made that team so beloved because of who was on it. Terry Pendleton was on that team. The emotional leader. I already went through that. I already established his place. Who else was on that team? Another person who was on that team was Sid Breen. 
Sid Bream also was brought in as a stable veteran, so they had the corners of their infield locked down with a good, solid, stable veteran. Now, Sid Bream is also someone who is a symbol of the Braves' greatness in the early 1990s with the image of the Francisco Cabrera single and Sid Bream come chugging around and sliding. If there is an image of the Braves from that era that everyone remembers, it's not them winning the World Series. It's the Sid Bream slide. Sid Bream was not on the team in 1995. He was on the team in 1993. For that matter, do you know who also was on the team in 1993? Who was not there in 1995? Francisco Cabrera. And Cabrera also got a clutch hit in the postseason that year that nobody remembers. It tied the game, but no one remembers it because the Braves went on to lose. They won the Cabrera game, one of the most dramatic plays In the history of baseball, no part of me hesitates saying that the Francisco Cabrera single was one of the most dramatic hits in baseball history. He was still on the team. Also still on the team, Greg Olson and David Berryhill, two players who were part of that 1991 team in their catching core. Young Javier Lopez was as well, but Olson and Berryhill were two of the veterans on the catching core when they won. And part of that whole squad that sort of epitomized that first wave into the Braves. Also still on the team was Ron Gant. When the Braves came to prominence, the power combination of Justice and Gant was a very big part of that. And Gant was not on the team in 1995. Otis Nixon, who was suspended for the World Series in 1991 and came up and got the big clutch hit in Game 6 of the World Series to tie the game and was just a dynamic center fielder. He was still there. And hey, what player best epitomized Atlanta cool in terms of sports Deion Sanders was on the team. Deion Sanders was, you know, was part of the squad. But as opposed to those earlier years, 91 and 92, there were two other players, two players who were not on the 91 roster, not on the 92 roster, who were added in 1993. I think you know who they are. One came in a midseason trade that was an absolute steal and a disgrace that they were able to get him for so little was Fred McGriff. And Fred McGriff became a player who was just just exploded. He was always a he was always a tremendous home run hitter in his days with the Toronto Blue Jays, in his days with the San Diego Padres. But he just I guess it was because his profile was expanded and and did it on a bigger national stage. But Fred McGriff added to it, he's a beloved brave of all time. And oh yeah, Greg Maddox. You know, 
arguably the best pitcher of his generation. You've heard of him. I'm sure you have. Well, he was on that team. So there was a kind of combination, a meeting of worlds of those two beloved teams in 1991 and 1992 when they came out of nowhere from being the laughing stock of basic cable, of being a team that people snickered at because they were on television in front of an empty stadium and at the bottom of the standings. And then suddenly, the Braves, who were the biggest joke, turned into a great team where the stands were packed. People were doing the tomahawk stuff. Is that offensive? I don't know. We'll probably know soon, and we can't believe how racist it was in a generation. But you know what? It It was amazing to see the whole stadium do that and banging the war drums and everything like that. And seeing that stadium go from empty to full and the Braves being something you flip past and snickered to stopping it wait I got to see what happens here and the excitement of Atlanta embracing that Braves team and the Braves becoming a cool team the Braves becoming a hip team Braves becoming a team with fair weather fans jumping onto their bandwagon and that coming it came out of nowhere in 91 they showed it was not a fluke in 92 and so the drive in 93 was to finally get over the top. And it was still in a frenzy, and the fans were still in a frenzy for the team. And the team was involved in arguably the last great pennant run of all time. Now, obviously, there will every year there is a great race to the end of the season. There's a great race to see who's going to get the final spot in the postseason. It's wonderful. It's remarkable. This is the last time you were going to have the two best teams in baseball fighting to see which one was going to move on, which one's going to go home in the regular season. The Giants and the Braves locked antlers in one of the great regular season matches of all time. And before anyone talks about all the Giants choked, actually the Giants didn't. The the cheap narrative is the Giants were in first place, but when the Braves acquired Fred McGriff, the Braves shot up and the Giants collapsed. Well, from the moment the Giants were in first place by X number of games they were, and the Braves acquired Fred McGriff, From that moment on, the Giants had a winning record. They played above 500 in the stretch where the Braves acquired McGriff. It's just the Braves played like 700, 800 ball. You know, they just played out of their minds. And in the end, they, they got to the final day of the season where they each had 103 wins. If you have 103 wins, if you have more than 100 wins, you have not choked by any stretch of the imagination. The Giants went to Dodger Stadium to finish the season and won three out of four games. It's just that the Braves played the Rockies, who basically played a minor league lineup, and won all four. And that was the difference in the end. But to have that happen with this Braves team, 
that they went on, of course, the last year they're in the West. Why the hell were the Braves in the West? No one's ever given me an answer to that question. It makes no, sorry, Ray, no goddamn sense. But that's what happened. And so the Atlanta Braves went to the postseason where they looked like they were on a you know, date with destiny for a rematch with the Toronto Blue Jays, and this time they were going to win. Except they and, – and they played the Philadelphia Phillies, and they outplayed the Phillies. You understand that, right? They outhit the Phillies. They outpitched the Phillies. And there is no metric in that series where the Phillies outplayed the Braves, including the bullpen, because Mitch Williams was terrible. The Braves put on great rallies. They had late rallies in two of the games and then blew the doors off the, the dump in the other two. There was no stat where the Phillies topped the Braves except one wins. The Phillies won four close games, two of which they blew late leads, but they came back to win later in the extra innings. And the Braves won two blowout games. So when it was close, it went to the Phillies. When it was a blowout, it went to the Braves. But in the end, that's what mattered. No one chalks that up as the great Braves. That's the greatest Braves team they had in terms of talent, in terms of the players and what they meant to the team and the franchise, and in terms of the regular season storyline. That this team put together this great run where they just played out of their damn minds. They played out of their damn minds. Minds for the final month and a half, two months of the season with the perfect roster of beloved players. Now, they did win the World Series two years later. And Glavitt, Maddox, Smoltz, and yes, Steve Avery were all there, as were the likes of Kent Merker and Mark Wohlers. A lot of the familiar names were there. Jeff Blauser, Javier Lopez, Belliard was still there, Chipper Jones, Klesko, Lemke, Justice. But what made this team interesting was it had so many players from the original squad, 91-92. So many young players who were part of the, you know, the future team. You know, Ryan Klesko, Javi Lopez. Chipper Jones was actually... Uh, if I'm not mistaken, injured for most of the season, so he wasn't much of a factor. And some of the beloved cult figures, whether it's Deion Sanders, Otis Nixon, or the immortal Francisco Cabrera and Sid Bream, all of those figures and what they meant and what they meant to the squad, what they meant to Braves history. And one other factor. The Braves won in 1995. And it was a wonderful World Series, six-game series against Cleveland. Most of the games were airtight. 
I remember hearing Bill Simmons say in a podcast, he was talking to someone, I forget who it was, who was a Braves fan, and he said the Braves won the year no one cared. Now, I don't always agree with Bill Simmons, and I certainly never had a year where I wasn't caring about baseball. But that was the year post-strike. That was the year where there was a lot of animosity towards baseball. That was the year there was a lot of animosity towards Tom Glavin on the Braves because he was a player rep. And there was a lot of people who weren't paying attention to baseball that year, save for maybe the Ripken game. There was a lot of people who checked out. Baseball is a bunch of greedy players. They canceled the World Series. 1993 was before that. It was before the World Series was canceled. It was before the strike, before the images of this, that. Yeah, people thought players were greedy and all this stuff, but you didn't have the nuclear winter of no World Series. Emotionally, you would have had the buildup where there was still not that backlash against baseball. And the momentum of a Braves getting in the World Series one year, getting in the next, and finally pulling it through with a team filled with players who could appreciate the teams that fell short, but also adding the players, Maddox, McGriff, to be the final pieces and have the coronation of them. That's the team that should have won. Think of that, Braves fans. Think of that, Braves fans around my age. Yeah, you love the 95 team. Yeah, you love the fact that some unlikely heroes were postseason heroes on that team, like Mike Devereaux and Louis Polonia. Yeah, that's cool. No getting around that. But wouldn't you rather have seen Terry Pendleton, Sid Bream, Francisco Cabrera, some of those players like Otis Nixon and hell, Deion Sanders getting their World Series rings? Wouldn't making the 93 comeback and winning against the Giants, coronating that with a World Series parade, wouldn't that have been the best year? And wouldn't winning the World Series and being able to brag and be happy about it in a year where so many other people didn't have their arms folded in indifference be the sweetest thing? That's why I think the team that should have won for the Atlanta Braves is 1993. If you disagree with me, let me know via Twitter at Sully Baseball. So go to SullyBaseball.com, like me on Facebook, so I have an iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram, I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski. This has been the Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the fourth day of March, 2017. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. <laughs>